Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hi, hang out for just one second. Coming up this Friday on the After Party Podcast with me and Kimberly Johnson, it's part three, the final chapter of our special year-end shows about the 1980s. We're going year by year talking about the news events, music, movies, pop culture, all the things from the 1980s. We already covered 1980 through 1985 in parts one and two. So this Friday, December 15th, it's going to be 1986 through 1989, the year I graduated from high school. But the only way you can listen is by subscribing to the After Party level or the Ultimate Edition level on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show. So don't miss out. Again, go to bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash Show. Choose the After Party or Ultimate Edition levels, enter your information, and you're all set. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast, and now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. This is the money man. That's right, Eddie Money, wishing everybody a very happy holiday. That's a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, and everybody have a safe and wonderful New Year. The Bob Seska Show. Everybody have a safe and wonderful New Year. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, December 14, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Level Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 1058 of the Biden-Harris administration, 326 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on threads and Instagram at TheBobSeska, Twitter, BobSeska underscore go, SpoutableBobSeska, Patreon, BobSeskaShow.com, and those people for the last time this year, the Goth Ninja. It is Jody Hamilton. She is the executive producer of the amazing Stephanie Miller Show. Patreon.com slash Stephanie Miller Show. And David Ferguson, we call him T-Rex. His music project is Astral Summer. Astralsummer.bandcamp.com. I don't even know if that's still active. But Patreon.com slash Astral Summer. Okay. Uh, if you can't tell, I, I don't have a script that I read off of when I'm doing your plugs. So whatever rolls out of my mouth, that I hope it's accurate. <laughs> anyway, Goth Ninja's last show of the year. It's all one big blur. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, I'm drunk. No, I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not drinking. Not yet. Um, He's been huffing Pam. <laughs> He's huffing uh, up in, uh, you know, Pan release while Chris, uh, Kimberly's out of town with her mom. That's right. It's all gone to shit. He's just running around in his underwear, setting things on fire. Yep. I know. I've been uh, fortifying the apartment against the wet bandits who've been trying to break in. And I've got the, uh, you know, the paint cans dangling from the stairwell. I've got the, uh, <laughs> the broken Christmas ornaments uh, in front of the door. The like the smoking hot doorknob. Uh, Daniel Stern's gonna burn his hand right on that. So I'm challenging him. <laughs> what to... is a wet bandit? Oh, that's you've never seen the movie Home Alone, David. Home Alone? Oh no, I I never did. No, I was. Oh my god, you have to see what it. What is wrong with you, David? Oh no, you have to see that, David. Yeah. Macaulay just got his star on the Walk of Fame. Of course he did. She, and her? she presented it to him, saying, "I did." I left you at home twice. Yeah, Catherine O'Hara was there. She was so sweet. She was there. His... She presented the star to him. It was very sweet. Sort of his surrogate mom. And it's a John mm-hmm. Hughes movie written and directed mm-hmm. by John Hughes. It's got a John Williams so score to it. And Such it's, a good film. It's got heart. It's got laughs. Mm-hmm. It's got quotable lines like, keep the Absolutely. change, you filthy animals. Things like that. So it's lots of fun. And and I'm living it right now because I'm home alone. Drinking copious amounts of alcohol while she's gone. Yes, I'm watching rubbish and eating junk food. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
you know what? I'm, I'm kind of amazed. This, I just this is me at the end of the year. I can suddenly remember shit like that. I'm like so rattling off references to Home Alone. I think it's been maybe five, ten years since the last time I saw that movie. So uh, I don't know where that's all coming from, but I hope it continues when we get to the important shit <laughs> later in the show. Jesus is giving you back all the brain cells you killed. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Merry Christmas. Thank you to the baby Jesus, because I, I do envision Jesus as the baby Jesus, right? Always. And Not me. I'm like, give me naked hippie on the cross any day. <laughs> With his swimmer's body. <laughs> yeah. With his banging abs, man. <laughs> That's right. Jesus had a, God, what was that, like a six-pack toward the he end? Did of CrossFit. Yeah, CrossFit, CrossFit Jesus. That's right. I forgot about that. So Getting mad at the money changers will give you good abs. Oh, speaking of the money changers, it's uh, the Money Man Day. It's the Money Man. That's right. Eddie Money wishing everybody a very happy holiday. That's a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, and everybody have a safe and wonderful new year. <laughs> of course. Every time he gets that safe, I just picture like cocaine like flying off his lips, as it, like drips out of his nose, you know, and he's just like, you know. And when God he rest his soul. <laughs> he introduces himself as the money man, and money we all man. know that when he someone introduces themselves as the money man, well, it's obviously Eddie Money, because of course, well, right? <laughs> That's right, Eddie Money. Everybody okay. have a safe and wonderful New Year. So have have a safe. Have one. a nice life. Oh, you know what? We got to talk about this real quick. <laughs> the final episode of our podcast series about the '80s is coming up tomorrow on the Patreon page. It is part three, the final chapter, 1986, 87, 88, and 89. I have no idea how we're going to get all four years into the hour and a half podcast, but we're going to give it a shot, I think. It'll be me and Kimberly reacting to all the things from the 1980s, you know, talking about uh, news events, pop culture, music, movies, TV shows, all the shit that happened in the final half of the 1980s, which starts to feel like the 1990s by, get, by the time you get to the end there. Plus, by the way, during the break, we're going to have some amazing best of episodes for our two-week break and the Indie Christmas playlist on the Patreon page. Here's what you got to do, by the way, if you want to listen to the 80s shows. You got to go to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show. Sign up for $10 a month. That's the after-party level. So not only are you going to get the after-party, but you're also going to get the two Shadow Docket episodes every week included in that uh, subscription tier. But if you sign up at $15 a month, you're not only going to get the After Party and the Shadow Rocket shows, you're also going to get commercial-free versions of the free show, the Tuesday show, the Wednesday show, the Thursday show. No commercials in there for you. And the only way to listen to those versions of the podcast is to go to patreon.com slash show. You got it? Okay, that's it. So looking forward to... Uh, talking to Kimberly tomorrow because uh, as I said, I'm home alone and she's off. I think <laughs> she's gone on vacation to France or something like that. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Her tell mommy. the truth. She's doing something really noble. She's of course. her mom who's had a knee mommy. replaced. Yes. Her mom is uh, doing well, uh, recovering quickly, and she's, of course, in excellent hands with uh, Kimberly there staying there. So, anyway, so uh, moving from uh, that bit of kindness to a brief fuck you to Alex Jones on the 11th anniversary of Sandy Hook. Perfect timing for Elon Musk to reinstate the guy, like a matter of days prior to the anniversary of Sandy Hook. Easily the most ridiculous and awful thing. Wait, is he thing. doing that? Oh, yeah. Alex Jones was uh, reinstated on Twitter by uh, Elon Musk. Yeah, like last week, right? And because, as we all know, this is not about free speech for Elon Musk. He doesn't care about free speech. You know, obviously, people are still getting kicked off Twitter left and right for exercising their right to free speech. He doesn't care about that. This reinstatement of Alex Jones is entirely about revenue. Elon Musk is desperate for cash. And so he's going to get it wherever it comes from. If it comes from Alex Jones and his minion of bro science, bro libertarian assholes, that's where Elon Musk is going to get that money. And this is what we have been forecasting for a year now, which is that Elon Musk is going to turn Twitter into the newest version, a more high-tech version of 8chan or 8kun or whatever the hell it was called. And that's becoming this, this platform. And mm. uh, obviously that he joins the Nazis and the white supremacists and just the general neck-bearded incels who uh, pop up in our uh, mentions now with their f fake blue checks and all the rest of it. 
So, but yeah, I mean, here we are, the 11th anniversary of Sandy Hook, and Alex Jones, despite the fact that he's got to pay something like, what is it, $1.5 billion to the Sandy Hook yeah. families? An entire D, uh, GNP for a uh, like small European country. Yeah, still going strong, which is horrendous, but Alex Jones still has his revenue streams. I don't know how he's going to get around paying the $1.5 billion to the Sandy Hook families, but... Sure as shit, he's trying. He's desperate to do that. He failed at doing it with uh, bankruptcies. He can't get away with that, because that's a common trick. If you get sued, you just file bankruptcy, and then they can't come after your money in some cases. But the very fact that this guy, uh, among all of the other awful things that he's done over the years, has profited on the grief and tragedy of the Sandy Hook families, it just continues to be something that I don't know how anyone can forgive him for that. I mean, how can anyone go, all right, you know what? I'm going to go listen to the Alex Jones show because it's so goddamn entertaining. Who cares that he's been profiting off of this mass uh, shooting in this school where kindergartners gun down, teachers gun down, trying to use their bodies as human shields to protect the kids. And Alex Jones is still operating. These kids are gone. Their families' lives will never be the same. And Alex Jones is still doing his shitty, awful show with his shitty, awful voice and being replatformed by shitty, awful Elon Musk. So once again, a big fuck you to Alex Jones. Fuck you! Yeah. Fuck him. Yes, thank you. Okay, now that we've filled the show with plenty of F-bombs, let's move on. <laughs> and that we've decorated our show with a Christmas array. <laughs> Of F-bombs. <laughs> Deck the halls with fuck you, Alex Jones. That's yeah, <laughs> kind of the theme here in the first Don't segment. Don't fuck that guy. He's ugly. And he looks way older than all of us, and I'm the oldest of the three of us. <laughs> One of my favorite John Fugel saying things is he's constantly trolling Alex Jones over his age. The yeah. Fact that <laughs> Alex Jones, I think, right now is 49 years old. Yeah, he's a baby. He looks... Just crazy. He looks 68. He looks paleolithic, yeah. yeah. That's right. And I just, I can't imagine, how are his coronary arteries surviving? They're not well. Yeah. They're not well. Because he's They're not, not just, Alex Jones is not just overweight. His throat is not just loaded with polyps, potentially cancerous ones. This is why he talks the way he talks. Right. But on top of all of that, he is a raging alcoholic. Mm-hmm. All the reports that you hear, all the profiles. There was one from a few years ago where they talked about how Alex Jones was driving around with, like, Dixie cups, and in the Dixie cups were vodka. He was just sucking down the vodka. What is that noise? What is that? Is there something opening? Is there? Are you opening presents, David? I just opened something. I'm I'm the new Captain Crinkle. Oh, there you are. Okay. What are you opening? Are you going to share it with the rest of the class? I am not. It's (laughs) a thing to help clean my computer screen. I see. Okay. So anyway, yeah, so Alex Jones is a uh, raging alcoholic, so that's got to catch up with him at some point. God, I oh God, I put the poor, poor people at his first AA meeting, and just, you know. <laughs> oh, you think he goes to AA, do you? Someday, oh, probably he will. When he, I mean, when he actually, like, absolutely hits rock fucking bottom, mm-hmm. someone may force him to go, and he'll probably go and get all the wrong messages from it, but I'm just imagining, yeah. you know, my name's Alex, and I'm an alcoholic. I can't <sighs> even bring myself to do the voice today. I'm terribly sorry. I know... There's a lot of people who are saying, okay, at some point, Bob's going to, you're going to do the voice, right, Bob? No, no, I'm not going to do it today. Not today. I, just, I can't do not it. Today. I'm not going to do it on the anniversary of Sandy Hook. Sorry, that's just not going to happen. Okay, we move along now to uh, Donald Trump. Mm, and uh, I've, got, I, I've got some tiny Trump clips here. And uh, I've got one clip that comes to us from uh, Morning Joe of all sources. Morning Joe and uh, Joe Scarborough this morning was trolling uh, Donald Mm -hmm. Trump and uh, not just Donald Trump, but also the uh, Wall Street bros who are they were talking Ah, about how these Wall Street douchebags are driving around in their convertible Porsches and complaining about the Biden economy while they drive (laughs) around in their convertible Porsches. Obviously, the hypocrisy is there. But uh, at the start of that segment. Uh, they played uh, these two clips, one from the, I guess, one of the three 2020 debates between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, and then the news from yesterday about the Dow. 
Let's play those two things in a row. If he's elected, the stock market will crash. That bell marks a new record high for the Dow Jones Industrial <laughs> Average. going to close above 37,000 for the first time ever. 37,000 37, for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And Trump said the markets were going to crash if Joe Biden got elected. Yeah. See, it's actually the opposite of that, really. Because as we've talked about on the show many times this year, that Republicans always preside over catastrophic recessions. Well, I mean, everything from a just normal recession to a catastrophic recession. See also George W. Bush. See also Herbert Hoover. See also the mm-hmm. beginning of the 1980s in uh, Reagan's first term. Oh, yeah. There was a pretty horrendous recession there. There was another recession during George H.W. Bush. I mean, every Republican president has a recession during their term. And so the expectation here now is that, well, if the Democrats win, there's going to be an economic downturn. And there never, mm-hmm. ever is. It's always when. No, it's always better to prepare. Yeah. Exactly. That's what happens, like, the new, you know, a Republican president comes in and just orders a whole new set of credit cards for the country. Yeah. And then runs them to their limits. Mm-hmm. And then Democrats have to come in and bail them out, you know, again and again. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I Clinton think. Clinton did it. Obama did it. Given where we were with the economy in late 2020 into 2021, coming out of the worst parts of the pandemic and so forth, the recovery that we have gone through in just a couple of years here. Yeah. I think you can maybe to the point of giving uh, Joe Biden 90 to 95 percent credit for this recovery, because it is about rational and competent stewardship of the economy. It's about the small moves, the small dial turns that have been coming from uh, not just uh, the White House, but also the Fed. This is what competence looks like when you have. This is what happens when you hire a bunch of people who know what they're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Not just some like B movie like Bond villains. Like what's his face? It was the treasurer. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Well, at the same time, uh, Donald Trump during a rally yesterday promised that uh, if he is elected next year, that there will be what he. It was obviously a short circuit, but he said if he's elected next year, there will be a unis economy. Take her, her, take her name out of his mouth. <laughs> Let's listen to Tiny Trump talking about the Eunice economy. This is from yesterday. By Christmas 2024, that's just shortly after the election, because of the momentum of our victory, we will have a Eunice economy roaring. Yeah, there it is, a Eunice is. economy. I think he said Unix. <laughs> I think it's, you know we're all he's going to castrate every like eligible male in the country and so we'll all be too busy not fucking and we'll have to work and make the economy run. Is well, he does kind of run a cult, sort of like Heaven's Gate. Yeah, Weren't they yeah. all eunuchs, the Heaven's Gate people? They were all oh cutting God, off the were, genitals. Yeah. No, that, yeah. not all of them. Some okay. were, but not all of them yet. Okay. No, oh, say so hashtag not all Heaven's Gate. Let's They're get dead, back. so it doesn't really matter. Let's listen to Tiny Trump continuing to talk about the Eunice economy. We will have a Eunice economy roaring back and in 2025 we'll have one of the greatest economic years this nation has ever recorded Nah, it's not gonna happen there will be a recession what is he he trying to say do we know probably u.s economy maybe yeah u.s economy but here's like that this is what we'd all be saying during a (laughs) unis economy Yeah, we're always screaming like Eunice, just talking about how we're bankrupt. <laughs> By Christmas Good God, 20- I just had, uh, wow, flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, you've probably seen this sketch. This is the Monopoly sketch. From oh, that your sketch. mom's show. Yeah, yeah. Sorry's also good. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this is one of those things, as soon as Eunice starts winning, then everyone quits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, done, Always, done, that poor woman. Yeah. Poor Eunice. And then she gets so emo that she guilts mm-hmm. everyone to come back to mm-hmm. the table to finish the game of Monopoly, and then she ends up going bankrupt anyway. <laughs> so it's like Well-written sketches. <laughs> Very well-written sketches. But this is going to be all of us if Donald Trump wins next year. Just take it out! See if I care! I'm finished! Worst up! I'm washed up. Thank you. I'm finished. I'm washed up. I'm bankrupt. See, now I could have just had you do it, Jody, and I wouldn't have had to hunt for this uh, sketch on YouTube. I could have gone, sorry. Oh, my God. 
Those are the greatest sketches in the history of sketch comedy, as far as brilliantly I'm written by Jenna McMahon and Dick Claire. They are uh, those those children were their children, but <laughs> it was my mom's idea to do it Southern. Yeah, and her idea to play Eunice and have Vicky play Mama. Did she? Did your mom choose the wig, the Eunice wig? Uh, no, I think that was Bob Mackey. God, that and, was amazing. That Brett. just that stupid, stupid wig. And it was like, you know what? There's, I think there's like a Peanuts character that has that same hair. Very similar, yeah. Yeah, it's like a side character. It's like mm-hmm. one of the Peanuts characters that no one ever talks about. <laughs> sort of. It's the, not the red haired girl. She kind of has that kind of hair, but hers is more yeah. of a full. Oh yeah, hair. like not Peppermint Patty, but there's someone else that has like that pom pom in the front, right? Mm-hmm. Sally. Oh, is it Sally? Oh yeah, maybe yeah, her hair. My naturally curly hair. That could be, yeah. It could be Sally, yeah. I, um, no, and my, uh, yeah, literally at the first table read of the sketch, seventy whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, they were reading it, and Mom goes, "Well, they sound southern to me." Yeah, and then she was supposed to play Mama because she is older than Vicky. Mm-hmm. And um, Mom said, "No, I, I, I get Eunice." I'm, so, feeling, I'm feeling Eunice. I'm yeah. feeling Eunice and have Vicky play mama. And all she had to do was put on some padding and the wig and that was it. She really took one for the team too in the Monopoly sketch because your mom went outside. She was being mm-hmm. super emo, as I said, and <laughs> decided to step outside and scream to the world about how she uh-huh. never gets a fair shake when she's playing Monopoly. Never. And just the rain is dumping down and she is uh-huh. absolutely drenched. I can only imagine uh-huh. how freezing that water was <laughs> that they had set up for the rain machine. In that, well, yeah, uh, and in, on a soundstage, which is never warm. No, no. Because if you've ever been to like a Letterman taping or something like that. It's he, freezing. Yeah, it's super freezing. Because once you get a crowd of uh, whatever it is, a couple hundred people, plus all the lights and lights, the other machinery. Gear, yeah, yeah, all yeah. Of it. You have to have it. Like It was always cold in there. Right, right. Can we just talk about your mom's show for the rest of today's episode? Can we just do that? <laughs> sure. I would much prefer to do that. But I think I everyone- actually have to find something from the Gary Moore show for a friend of mine. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll find it over my break. I'll find it. You know. <laughs> so watch out for the Eunice economy under Donald Trump. Take it out! <laughs> I'm finished! Washed up! Bankrupt! So sad. She's so sad. Did you guys ever finish a game of Monopoly when you were kids? I found, I yeah. mean, first of all, I found that game excruciatingly dull. But no I also never, finishes. I mean, how do you fit, when do you know it's done? When everyone because- goes bankrupt except one person. That's when it's right. done. But it's never, God. no one ever gets to that point. Monopoly and is everybody always, has different rules. Right. Monopoly is just a game that ends. It doesn't, there's no finish point. It's just people get bored with it and move on to something else. Because it's, it's a very complicated game. And have you ever no. read the rules? Oh, my God. Do people still sit around and play board games these days? Do they? Uh, Lonnie's know. family does. See that, but we have a cafe in Athens that's devoted to board games. Everything from oh, RPGs. Oh, I'd go to that. To, what a great idea. Like, I would totally do that. Crimes Against Humanity, Backgammon, Chess, all the classics, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. You know who is a master at Scrabble? The Kimberly Johnson is a master at Scrabble. If you play. It's not just having a good vocabulary, it's like this whole strategy optimizing your triple word scores and stuff that these people are into. And my mom is really good at it. Uh, Mitch Perry Mm -hmm. is very good at it. Carrie was very good at it. Yeah. Um, I mean, my mom and Carrie used to play constantly yeah. against each other. My mom plays Wordle now with very famous people. Um, but yeah, you know, the first time I played Scrabble with Kimberly, I was like Eunice because I just was getting <laughs> destroyed. It was like, what? I've got zero and you've got 500 points. How is that even possible? <laughs> she had I a lot of Z's and Q's. That's right. I just got all consonants. I'm so screwed. But uh, anyway, so let's get back because everyone's going to run and turn off the podcast if we don't talk about (laughs) something else here. Um, But God, I would love to talk about this all day. So let's talk about uh, the fact that Trump, and in this case, tiny Trump, has no blessed idea what Jack Smith is doing with the Supreme Court right now regarding presidential immunity. This is unfucking believable. The fact that anyone is making a big deal about Joe Biden's age, they're clearly not hearing Donald Trump at his rallies because, oh, I meant to say tiny Trump at his rallies. So here's a clip of tiny Trump escape from his cigar box, 
talking about what Jack Smith is doing with the Supreme Court right now and completely not understanding what the hell it is. We're going to be stopping and starting this one, so brace yourself. Here we go. And, you know, now they're saying, let's rush it to the Supreme Court. We've got to rush it, rush it, rush it. They could have started three years ago. Oh, by the way, that's going to be a new thing now. Instead of Russia, 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 which he doesn't understand the reference. He doesn't understand the Brady Bunch reference of that. He just says it because he thinks it's cute. He probably thinks he invented Russia, Russia, Russia. Probably. Now he's going to replace it with Russia, Russia, Russia. Just watch. It's that's going to be a thing. Everything, nothing changed. They could have started three years ago, but they didn't. They, they did start three years ago. Yeah. You know they, they actually did. have to conduct an investigation, gather evidence, run everything by. See, a I don't see why job. because he did it all right out in the fucking open and confesses to it all the time, which is why I think he should already be in jail. Yeah. Like, well, th- I mean, I think one of the things he's talking about here is. Not just the Jack Smith prosecutions, but also the Letitia James thing, which did start before Donald Trump was out of office. That was going on before Joe Biden became president. And so obviously it takes some time to gather the proper evidence, get the proper Mm. paperwork, get the tax returns and go through all of Donald Trump's obstruction and delays and all of that shit. But it wasn't like suddenly Donald Trump announced uh, last October not this past October, but October 2022, I think it was, it's not as if that announcement dropped and then suddenly everyone goes, okay, let's start investigating now. But that's what he wants his Red Hats to believe, and that's why he's saying this. So that's, I guess we can excuse the ridiculousness during this part as just being Donald Trump lying once again to his sucker Red Hats. But now it's going to get into really weird territory where he, he just doesn't know what's happening with this particular case. They started just recently with this crap. They started- Oh yeah, by the way, that's the other thing too. He's got to throw in random obscenities. Yeah. 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 Because he always gets an applause line. A presidential candidate who says crap. That's so real. Don't look at his diaper, folks. (laughs) If that's shocking to you. Yeah, exactly. But they didn't. They started just recently with this crap. They started just recently. They could have brought this lawsuit, brother, three years ago, right after I left. They did. It's been three years. I didn't start the tape over, by the way. He's just no. repeating himself. He repeats. He's so boring. Yeah, it's like an eight-track tape. He's just going right mm-hmm. back to the beginning again. Because I think he forgets that he just said it. But they didn't do that. And now they're saying, we have to go immediately before the Supreme Court. This thing would have all been over with two years ago. But they waited and waited and waited. And then they saw I was running. And they waited. And then they saw I was hot. And they filed lawsuits. There was one lawsuit, Letitia James. That's a civil case. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are- And Donald, you wouldn't be hot if we set you on fire. <laughs> Trust me on this one. The rest are criminal cases, and okay, I- I'm willing to uh, overlook that one too. Because there is, I guess, technically one lawsuit, so fine. But I mean, there are other lawsuits, E. Jean Carroll and so forth. But as far as the four big ones, only one of them is a lawsuit. The rest are criminal cases, just to be clear. And they waited, and then they saw I was hot, and they filed lawsuits. These are very dishonest people. That's called election interference. These are very, and now they're fighting like hell because they want to try and get a guilty plea from the Supreme Court of the United They want to try to get a guilty plea from the Supreme Court. Right, as if that's a thing. Yeah, it's not a thing. That doesn't make any sense. Defendants enter guilty pleas. The Supreme Court does not file a guilty plea. So he's saying that Jack Smith wants the Supreme Court to plead guilty in some other court? Is that what he's saying? Mm -hmm. People, that's called election interference. He's a very, and now they're fighting like hell because they want to try and get a guilty plea from the Supreme Court of the United States, which I can't imagine because you have presidential immunity. Okay. No, you don't. (laughs) So fucking asshole. No, you don't. They're trying to get a guilty plea from the Supreme (laughs) Court, but they can't because of presidential immunity. Right. But the Supreme Court's going to rule on that. And by the way, we were talking about that today Yeah. Um, with Jill Weinbanks. Yep. And um, God bless her for being on the show. We had a good <laughs> She's show She's awesome. Today. Anyway, um, so basically, if the Supreme Court decides to rule in Donald's favor, mm-hmm. then Joe Biden as president, because Donald Trump, in his view, yeah. 
is a menace to democracy. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden could could order his assassination. Yes, as a president, <laughs> under his presidential duties, to kill Donald J. Trump, mm-hmm. because that's going to save democracy, and then he would not be convicted of any sort of crime, nor would the people that did it on his behalf. Because as a president, when you say, I don't know, bomb a city mm-hmm. for whatever reason. You're not charged with any murders of the people you didn't intend to kill. These are the dumbest crooks in the history of dumb crooks. Yes. What they are arguing here, in reality, not what Tiny Trump is saying here, but his legal team is saying the president deserves presidential immunity. And the, and Jack Smith, the reason Jack Smith is going to the Supreme Court, jumping over the appeals court level, going directly to the Supremes and asking them to rule on whether or not there exists presidential immunity for presidents who are out of office, mm-hmm. which Donald Trump claims that he has, which he doesn't. But what no. what Trump is saying here is that Jack Smith is trying to get a guilty plea from the Supreme Court, but he can't because there's presidential immunity. Mm-hmm. This shows zero understanding of what this is all about. And my question right. is, does he genuinely not understand? Is he scrambling the words around possibly? Or does he want his Red Hat supporters to believe that this is actually happening? And if so, why would he want them to believe that? This doesn't make any sense. The reason Jack Smith is asking the Supreme Court to weigh in on this is so they could either uphold or overturn the idea of presidential immunity. And there's no way Which they're going to— like a totally made-up thing. Of I course mean, it is. They, right. I mean, the presidential immunity, it sounds official. It's just some, it's someone who's never studied politics before, yeah. I guess. But yeah. it's like a totally—I mean, it doesn't exist. There's like, there's like attorney-client privilege and there's executive privilege. Yeah. Uh, but there's no such thing a as marital privilege, presidential immunity. It's not a thing. There's immunity, I think, to an extent when you're president, like you can't be indicted while you're president. But Article one of the Constitution says that you can be prosecuted after you leave office. That's well, very and, and by the way, the, the whole not prosecuting a president while sitting in office is just a memo. Yeah, yeah. Started with Nixon and Clinton also wanted that. But there's also uh, a memo. There's a memo that I found. I was writing a piece for Salon a few years ago, and I stumbled onto this OLC memo from the Department of Justice, Office of Legal Counsel. Yes, the president can be prosecuted after he is impeached in the House and acquitted in the Senate. He can be prosecuted for the same crime. And so there's that. <laughs> you add that up with the Constitution, and it's an open and shut case. Plus, Brett Kavanaugh. Yes, and I know it's Brett Kavanaugh. I know, but this is good. This is good. Yeah, but Brett Kavanaugh wrote an extensive piece back in, what, 1998? About this exact thing, obviously in the context of the impeachment of Bill Clinton and whether they could go after him after he left office for the same uh, perjury charges. That was one of the reasons why Brett Kavanaugh wrote that paper. So obviously one of Donald Trump's own appointees on the Supreme Court is going to rule against him. And so that's an indication. See, I saw Lawrence O'Donnell talking about that the other night, and I was like, Lawrence, you vastly to be, you are really overestimating the Republicans' inability <laughs> to eat their own tail, you yeah. know, and completely yeah. be like, well, that was a different thing. Right. That was a different president, you know. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't support it for Trump. I supported it for Clinton. Obviously, I don't think so either. They ruled against Donald on those 60 lawsuits or whatever yeah, that yeah. they heard. And so the only one that would vote in his favor for sure is Clarence Thomas. Yeah, yeah. And potentially Alito, but I don't see even Barrett or anybody. I just don't see it because they don't want that. Who we? They're all like strict, you know, uh, institutionalists or or, uh, you know purists when it comes to the Constitution. Well, we fought a fucking war against a fucking king, yeah, for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they would be insane to suddenly grant the president across the board immunity to any sort of prosecution in office or out of office. That would be next-level madness, and they simply can't do it. It would. And I get, you know, conceding David's point, Brett Kavanaugh did backpedal when he ruled on the Dobbs decision, but I don't think that's going to happen here. They would be crazy because, obviously, they would be giving the president the power to arrest the entire Supreme Court. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like I said, you know, Joe Biden could go and kill people if he wanted to, if that's the case. And they're Mm -hmm. not going to, they're not. But this is the kind of thing, if it's not Joe Biden, it's going to be some other future president who's going to take that and run with it. And most likely it's going to be Donald Trump because this, this presidential immunity thing is not just about wiggling out of legal jeopardy 
in these cases, but it's also about giving Donald Trump this power if he becomes president again. Exactly. So that's what he's interested in. It's a two-track plan here with presidential immunity. And we're going to be talking about another decision related to the issue of presidential immunity here in a second in the context of the E. Jean Carroll uh, yes. case, which <clears throat> continues on and on. And happy 80th birthday to the great E. Jean Carroll while we're here. She's lovely. 80 years old. And uh, dynamo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just incredible. So, such bravery. I can't even imagine what her mail, her email, and her snail mail actually looks like. The kind mm. of crap she's getting from the Red Hats. But anyway, we're going to take a, a, a short break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the latest from that case. Plus, oh my God, Ken Cheesebro in the news. And Lordy, there are tapes. So, we're going to talk about all of that coming up here in just a second on the last show of 2023, back after these words. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! Down on Main Street, about the size of my car. A ton of decorations on every corner bar. There's people spending money till their money runs out. These things, darling, aren't what Christmas is about. Cause out there in this midnight clear, it's a chance for peace on earth this year. So find that smile. Here's Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. Timeless holiday classic here from Lizanne Knotts. Merry Christmas. A song called Christmas Song. Yeah. Obviously, this will be in our indie Christmas playlist, uh, which the audio version will be up uh, not just on our Patreon page, but on the entire feed. So if you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever the other platforms are, you can get it there. Plus, for our Patreon subscribers, there will be a video edition of the indie Christmas playlist in the form of one of those Yule Log videos where there's going to be a a festive holiday scene, which will be a surprise once I post it. You'll see it. But we're going to do that. So if you are having a holiday get-together and you want to throw something up on your TV, weird way to put it. If you want to throw up on your TV... I don't like to throw up on my television. It's kind of, it's it's a little messy. That's right. Well, if you're looking to throw up on your TV, uh, you can watch our Indie Christmas Playlist video edition on our Patreon page. That'll go out to all of our Patreon subscribers from the $1 level on up. Uh, 
So a federal appeals court rejected Trump's attempt to use presidential immunity in the upcoming defamation lawsuit brought by writer E. Jean Carroll for comments he made while denying her rape accusations in 2019. A three-judge panel of the Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals said Trump had effectively waived the presidential immunity defense by, quote, failing to raise it when Carroll first filed the defamation lawsuit four years ago. It's the third time in well, recent weeks. They hadn't weeks. made it up yet. You know, they hadn't started putting those two words. Presidential immunity, it was, you know. Like. That's right. It's the third time in recent weeks that federal courts have rejected Trump's immunity arguments. Now, you would think that they would just toss it on its merits as well, or its lack of merit, because there is no such thing as presidential immunity. Uh, because the lawsuit is happening now. It's not happening while he's president so there's that, nah, doesn't matter or they've already ruled against him anyway. So I guess we'll take whatever we can get as far as the justification for that ruling. So uh, I think we should make up like podcaster immunity, you know, I mean, while we're making shit up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Podcaster immunity. We should be able to get away with whatever we want. OK, let's talk about uh, Ken Cheesebro, which, by the way, I know on cable news, they've moved away from the Cheesebro pronunciation. What are they saying now? Chesbro? It's Chesbro. That's actually Chesbro. how you pronounce it. Is it name. really Chesbro? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm never going to say Chesbro. He was known as the cheese. Yeah. But it's so. cheese, bro. I'm always going with Ken Cheesebro. That's going to be the standard yeah. on the show. That'll be the rule. So, uh, Lordy, there are tapes in this case. Uh, Ken Cheesebro told Michigan prosecutors about a briefing uh, with Trump involved regarding the fake electors plot. So Ken Cheesebro told Trump he could still win during this briefing in the White House and explained how the alternate electors he helped assemble in Arizona and six other states gave Trump an opening to continue contesting the election until Congress certified the results on January 6, 2021. Cheesebro's optimistic comments, this is according to CNN, immediately created problems by apparently giving Trump renewed hope that he could still somehow stay in office. Mm. Former RNC chairman and cantina alien Reince Priebus left the meeting extremely concerned about the January 6th conversation. Priebus uh, later warned Cheesebro not to tell anyone about what happened. Ha, 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 because now there are tapes of Cheesebro telling people about what happened. Important people like prosecutors in Michigan. So this dramatic account comes from Cheesebro, who sat for an interview last week with Michigan state prosecutors investigating the fake electors plot. And CNN has exclusively obtained audio of that interview, which includes previously unreported details about the pivotal Oval Office meeting again in uh, December of 2020. So uh, CNN has all those clips. I'm not going to play them for you because they're short and uh, boring, but you get the idea. Cheesebro uh, was in on this and Donald Trump knew. Donald Trump knew about the fake electors plot because yes, he, he was briefed by the cheese bro. So he is utterly screwed when it comes to that, too. Uh, meantime, do you guys see the tape of this uh, IRS whistleblower on Fox News Channel? No. no. Completely shitting the bed. They were talking about Hunter Biden and uh, Bill Hemmer on Fox News Channel was like, do, do the Republicans have evidence of anything of what you're saying, IRS no. whistleblower? And the whistleblower is kind of like, eh. you, you could, you do exactly. you, you want. He just couldn't answer. You, you don't have to be financially uh, uh, connected to a business in order to uh, be a part of that business. And what, what mm -hmm. President Biden what, uh, was uh, basically doing through wait. Hunter Biden was allowing Hunter Biden to get these deals where there's no discernible actual product being produced so it's really what? just a peddling of uh of the influence uh okay of, uh, gary uh, uh, given that answer just a yes or no here can republicans <laughs> prove all that nope. gary it's, it's up to their investigation <laughs> um, yeah they, nope. they, they, they have that'd be a no that'd be a gigantic no 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 and i have a question <laughs> okay since when are you involved in a business yeah, that's just where there is nothing financial. Because, like, if you're on the board, you're getting paid. Mm -hmm. Okay, board members get paid, which yeah. is insane to me, but they do. Yeah, and they get paid a lot of money. Don't do that, cat. Please don't do that. Oh, oh is he eating the cables? She no, cables. she's she's um 
She's walking on the computer that we are on because it's warm. But luckily, there's a password thing. So hopefully, oh, okay. if not for sits, why it's is it made of warm? She, she uh, the password that she typed was the entire QWERTY keyboard. Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, and and say you're the receptionist, you're getting paid. There's always a financial. If you're involved in a business, yeah. Unless you're an intern, and then you're also getting something of value. Mm-hmm. So. I don't. You can't really be involved with a business because someone in your family works there. Exactly. Yeah. Thank yeah. you like, very much. I'm not involved in my husband's business, like his job that he works for. I'm not. I got nothing to do. It just says he happens to be my husband, and it does help pay our rent. But that's the limit of the. That's it. Yeah. And the whole thing, the, uh, Nancy fucking Mace, by the way, and I mentioned this on Miss Miller's show <laughs> this Nancy morning. Nancy fucking Mace. Uh, her um, makeup during the day is nighttime makeup, so she needs to just pare it down. <laughs> okay, I had no idea there was a difference, but I'll take your word for oh, it. Oh, there's a total, totally. total difference, dude. Oh. If you look at that press conference with Jim Jordan yesterday, she was right behind him, uh-huh. and it was like, dude, it's the daytime. <laughs> you can totally hear the nightclub, the kick drunk. <laughs> I mean, she's a pretty woman, <laughs> totally. Know? And she's she's a very, she's an attractive lady uh-huh. who, whose husband is leaving her. But besides that, um, she said about because the reporters were like, well, those were loans that that Joe gave to his brother and his son. And she literally said, where's the f- paperwork? Um, I've borrowed money from my mom. My <laughs> yeah. sister borrowed money from me. Mm-hmm. Um, neither one. I never presented Carrie with loan paperwork. Yeah. I just said, pay me back when you can. <laughs> just imagining like this IOU written in kid writing, like on that blue and white striped school paper, you know, right. like, I, mean, I could... owe you $4 million. Well, like, I mean, the, the thing is, is she's like, where are the loan documents? Well, this is a parent and a brother. Yeah. Well, you don't do that. I mean, I hate to break it to both of you, but all this shit is completely irrelevant. Because the, the, the whole idea behind this is to just say, look, Joe Biden, crimes, Hunter Biden, oh, my God, payments, checks. Do you see the checks? Laptop. Do you see the laptop? Oh, my God, laptop from hell. Yeah, Lauren Boebert has a lot to say about that. Right, and all the suckers go, yeah, see, laptop, checks, wow, Joe Biden, What's this face from California, Biden. the yeah. congressman? He was saying, you know, I believe swallow? it's the Republicans. Yeah, Swallow. Yeah. like, I think if they dig long and hard enough, they will be able to prove that Hunter Biden is Joe Biden's son. <laughs> yes, eventually they will be able to prove that. I mean... And listening to Hunter Biden yesterday, uh-huh. part of that press conference, broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, he has become, I mean, I mean, it's what he was saying. He's like, you know, they're trying to make my dad miserable. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to drive me to suicide. Yeah, yeah. that's what they're trying to do. They want him to OD and fucking die. That's yeah. what they want him to do. And I hope to God, I mean, he's friends with uh, Stephanie's neighbor, um, Moby. And so hopefully because he's under more scrutiny than the average person going through recovery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and already being a famous son was already bad enough, but this is like on 20. Well, one of the many shames of this. resentment will keep you sober. Well, one of the I many. Mean, I don't know. There have been times the only thing that kept me sober was I cannot stand to fucking relapse and that person knowing about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. You know, like, I mean. One of the many shames of this is the fact that this has nothing to do with Hunter Biden. This is entirely no. about payback because the Democrats impeached Donald Trump twice. <laughs> so as right a consequence, so. yeah, and the only thing they can grab on Joe Biden is the actions of his son, who his hot son with his huge penis. <laughs> and by the way, the Joe Biden Department of Justice has already indicted him. Yeah, for crimes. So there's that too. We got to get back to this IRS whistleblower too, because he he derped out not just once but twice. So here we go. Let's oh, listen good. to this more, and then we're going to come back to Hunter Biden and uh, the Republican reactions to his press conference the other day. So let's get back to that. Oh yeah, right in the middle of the derp. Gary, it's, it's up to their investigation. I'm. Whoops. Yeah, they they, they have to conduct the investigation that they want to conduct. <laughs> I'm sorry. So you're if not, they prove it, they prove it. Uh, so you're not sure about that question. The, yeah, I mean, the Republicans, they're, they're nope. conducting investigation in Congress, and they're the ones that are going to be able to, to, to interview the in, uh, individuals they want to interview. So all the dipshits watching Fox News and seeing this interview are going, case closed. Yep, they've got him. They've got Hunter Biden. We got him. <laughs> Based we got on- him. <laughs> yeah, it's completely absurd. And so, okay, let's get back to uh, Hunter Biden's press conference and his defying of this 
congressional subpoena. Because what Hunter Biden wants to do is he wants to testify in public. The Republicans want him to testify in private. I wonder why they want him to do that. Because it's obvious. Because they can lie and distort. Exactly right. We get to watch it. We see it. Yeah. And when the public sees the Republicans beating up on Hunter Biden and there's no there there, there's no evidence, there's nothing but check. You wrote a check and there's the thing and the loan and the... Everyone's going to turn against the Republicans and it's going to fail catastrophically. It's still going to fail. It's still going to be bad optics for the Republicans, especially if they continue forward with this impeachment proceeding against Joe Biden for fucking nothing. So the House rodeo clowns accused Hunter Biden yesterday of hiding something. They actually tweeted that out. What's Hunter hiding by refusing the subpoena? So what we're to get from that is defying a subpoena means that someone's hiding something. So when someone doesn't comply with a congressional subpoena, they're hiding information that the public should know Jim about. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. So Andy what Biggs. is Jim Jordan hiding besides a bunch of college athletes that were right. sexually abused? Right. So I found these three headlines just by typing in subpoena defying. And Jim Jordan violated House ethics by defying subpoenas, January 6th committee said. Steve Bannon convicted on contempt charges for defying January 6th committee subpoena. Donald Trump defied January 6th committee subpoenas, panel said. The Republicans have been doing this just as a matter of business for years now. So, yeah, let's talk about who's hiding what. Let's have that conversation. What, what was Donald Trump hiding? What was Steve Bannon hiding? What was Jim Jordan hiding? What's Peter Navarro hiding? Mark Meadows, Steve Bannon, I can keep going. Yes, absolutely. So that's just a ridiculous attack from the Republicans. No surprise there either. Um, Okay, you know what? I kind of thank the Republicans because I did have a Hunter Biden sex dream right before I woke up this morning. Did you really? Super vivid. Yeah. Oh, no. It's one of those things where, like, your partner's gotten up earlier than you, and then you wake up, and you're like, and you're in an empty bed. You're like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. There was somebody well, here. Yeah, that. Well, you know, now that's that's going to be entered into evidence uh, with, yeah, the, right. with the House Republicans. They're like, I'm sorry, Hunter. I can't help what my subconscious mind does. Flamboyantly gay Georgia man. That's how the headline will start. <laughs> right. Flamboyantly gay Georgia man has the sex with Human Hunter flamingo, Biden. David Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? We laugh. That's going to become a thing now. The Republic. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't put it past the Republicans to do that. It's absolutely going to be a thing that they're going to do. So you just uh, walk right into it, David. Expect a congressional subpoena any day now. Oh God, this again. Can <laughs> 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 I totally show up in like a veil? You know. <laughs> right. Right. Well, Stephanie would love it if you would show up on roller skates, a la Xanadu. <laughs> I. I think I could maybe manage that without a broken collarbone. I'm not sure. <laughs> I have a set. What, what's your shoe size? I have a set. set of oh, old I'm pretty sure my feet colors. are way bigger than yours. I wear a size 12. Oh, yeah, they are. Okay. Like way. Dude, <laughs> how big is your dick? It's got to be ah! huge. It's <laughs> Man, this is the final show of 2023, <laughs> and we're going out with a bang. <laughs> Holy shit. Hey, let's take a uh, quick break here and wrap up the show right after these words. Okay. (laughs) Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music. Maybe this Christmas I'll understand this dream you have. How did I miss this? 
This is one of my favorites. Uh, this is Gypsy Moths and Maybe This Christmas. Another track you can expect on the Indie Christmas playlist coming up this weekend. Is it a xylophone or are there a marimba? What is that? I, I think it's a xylophone. Interesting. I love it. Whatever it is, it's wonderful. It's like a cartoon sound. Almost. Oh, yeah. One of my absolute favorites uh, of our Christmas uh, indie recording artists here, indie songs and so, and so on. Uh, oh, yeah. You know what? I, I for, almost forgot to mention. Oh, you got to listen to yesterday's interview show. I talked to John Billingsley, who played Dr. Flocks on Star Trek Enterprise. <gasps> <laughs> Exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> You're a whole soundscape now, Dirty. I know. What I know. This is the money man. That's right. Anybody oh, hey, wishing everybody a, a very that's happy not Jody. Holiday. That's a Merry Christmas, a happy Hanukkah, and everybody have a safe and wonderful new year. <gasps> no, dude, it's all over the table. Eddie. <laughs> that's like fifty dollars worth of coke you just sprayed everywhere. So I talked to John Billingsley, who played Dr. Flox on Star Trek Enterprise. I also talked to his wife, Bonita Friderici, who played General Beckman on Chuck, among many other memorable roles. Oh, my God. Dude. They are. And they're only doing amazing stuff to fight hunger, aren't they? Yes. They're a volunteerism power couple. They are principals in this organization called the Hollywood Food Coalition. Hofoco.org. H-O-F-O-C-O.org. Also, they are doing a telethon on the 13th of January called Trek Talks, where all the biggest name Star Trek actors are coming out, including uh, our friend Terry Metalis, our friend Todd Stashwick, our friend Tim Russ. They will all be there. People I've talked to this year, by the way, name dropping. And <laughs> that's all going to benefit the Hollywood Food Coalition. And in addition to serving, oh God, 80,000 plus meals a year, to wow. people who are food insecure or uh, unhoused and so forth. Uh, in addition to all of that, one of the things they're doing is they're gathering food donated from movie sets, from the craft services movie so smart. set area. Yeah. So smart, because Be- actors don't eat. Right, and all that, Women. Food, all that food goes to waste. So what was the, God, what was the other thing they were doing, too, that was so innovative? Oh, yeah, that's right. They're offering choice when you go in and you get food. If you're unhoused or food insecure and you go in and you get food from the Hollywood Food Coalition, it's not just some random slop that they've prepared for you because fuck you. It's not like that at all. You actually get a choice. There's a menu. Oh, that's nice. Where you can decide. Imagine the feeling of normalcy and humanity And feeling included and feeling like you're not that guy. I mean, that's that's incredible. Good for them. Once again, Hollywood Food Coalition, H-O-F-O-C-O, hofoco.org, also trektalks.net. That's the official website for that telethon. It's going to be, it's a video telethon on YouTube. So all the information is there. It's going to start at 9.45 in the morning on January 13th. And it's going to be hosted. It would be Chris Lavoie's birthday. And so uh, John Billingsley is going to be the Jerry Lewis of the telethon. <laughs> so oh, we, were nice. having fun. we were having fun joking about what uh, John's going to be like at like 3 o'clock in the morning with his uh, bow tie undone and just kind of hammering. No, no, do they think you need music acts? Because Dave and I would totally play. Oh, I, like, you know what? That's a good question. I think it's going to be entirely uh, Star Trek people, like Star Trek gotcha. themed. They're going to be, That's I think cool. Jonathan Frakes, Brent Spiner is also going to be there, Michelle Hurd. Uh, Jonathan I have an J- outfit. Does that count? Maybe. I mean, it, it could. I mean, can't <laughs> I hurt. have a little black wig and the blue science outfit. I have. Oh, nice! Outfit. You're a science officer. That's impressive. yeah. Yeah. Just show up at the door. And say hi. hi can I be can on? I I've in? got an outfit. Hello. What year? Are you like classic Star Trek or is it classic a CNG? baby class? Nice. So it's a short yeah. skirt. Oh yeah. yeah. You need a bloomers underneath that kind of skirt. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, you the get world's the, your gynecologist, basically. Exactly. <laughs> Once again, all the information is at trektalks.net, and you will be hearing promos for that on this show between now and January 13th because we are doing our best to give back as well. So, And that's one of the charities uh, we're going to be supporting this year. If you've got some extra nice. money left over, you're looking for a charitable contribution to give out uh, here at the end of the year, hofoco.org. Remember that, hofoco.org, also trektalks.net. Okay. So, yeah, Dave and I are playing on Sunday at a memory care facility. Oh, uh, hey, that's Athens. great. We're doing Christmas songs. Yeah. Um, and Dave was like, it's a memory care facility, so we get an infinite number of first impressions. <laughs> 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 um, 
Aww. I was like, that's really awful. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just yeah. couldn't resist. But yeah. we are singing, uh, doing like Home for Christmas and um, bells will be ringing the get, glad, glad news. That one, uh, whatever it's called. Christmas gonna, baby, please come home. You can yeah. do your version of River by Joni Mitchell. Figure that is a little sad. Yeah, you think so? Um, yeah. And we don't really have enough practice time, actually, for Dave to learn that one. But we're doing, oh, okay. like, six others that, you know, are just gotcha. common, like, you know, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas originally said, have yourself a merry little Christmas. It may be your last. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> this time next year, we all may be living in the past. Or something. I mean, oh, yeah. really, and, like, Judy Garland refused to sing it because it was too bleak. Yeah, well, some of the it's most bleak uh, song. Some of the most popular Christmas songs, weren't they written and recorded, like, during the Depression and World War II? Mm-hmm. During that mm-hmm. period of time, so yeah, yeah. in August, <laughs> <laughs> right? There was a serious chance that you may not see your next Christmas because, you know, world war, uh, massive global depression, things like that. So maybe that was the uh, one of the reasons, the impetus behind that lyric. But uh, yeah, they're all they're all emo songs. They all make you feel bad on some level. Like I mean, even the Elvis ones, which are somewhat silly. But even if I listen to Blue Christmas, I'm like. <laughs> But uh, I think yeah. it's important, though. I think it's important that we acknowledge that that part mm-hmm. of Christmas is not always super fun when you've got a lot of sad people that are people that you miss and sad memories. But like, yeah. you know, well, it's we're just like get through it, folks. We love you. Thank you for listening. Keep your chin up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, fate doesn't know what time of year it is, so shit goes down all year round, including at yeah. Christmas time. And so people have to mm-hmm. contend with those bad memories and those awful experiences sometimes. And I think we uh, forget that. So that's important too. And another good reason to uh, support an organization like the Hollywood Food Coalition, by the way, while we're, while we're talking about that. Um, okay, so on the upside of the economy, the pace of inflation continued to slow from last year. This is great news. Overall, oh, infla- that Biden economy. How are we all going to make it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bidenomics. Overall inflation increased uh, 3.1% compared to a year earlier, down from 3.2% in October. While still higher than normal, it's a marked improvement since the consumer price index peaked at 9.1% in June of 2022. The national average for unleaded gas, meanwhile, is at the lowest it's been in nearly a year and 23 cents less than it was uh, just a month ago. So that's the national average, by the way. It may not reflect what gas is in your neighborhood, but that's. You don't want to know what it is here, but it is down. Yeah, it is. It's down across the board, and in fact, uh, I think God Hal shared a a a news story and a chart showing that uh, oil prices are dropping precipitously right now too. So that's all good news. And so this, as frustrating as it is sometimes when you hear about people voting on things like gas prices. The good news is that I think gas prices will continue to drop over the next yeah. year. There will be a well, small... unless um, unless Saudi Arabia and others decide to just cut production to fuck with Biden. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, one of the things I want to talk about on the uh, shatter docket portion of today's show is where the Republican primaries are going and how everything's going to suss out as far as Donald Trump versus whoever when it comes down to just two candidates. Still in the race for the Republican nomination. We're going to talk about that. Plus some great news on the climate. Also, you know who's in the news today? That's a phrase we don't ever hear. Great news on the climate. Great news. I know. I I, I thought we would uh, end with some good news on the climate crisis. Um, Not the best news in the world, but it's positive news. And also, you know who else is in the news is uh, President Duda of Poland. Walk so, out. Oh, oh, oh. Camp Town Racers sing this song. <laughs> Duda, Duda. <laughs> Camp Town Racetrack five miles long. Oh, Duda Day. You know, I almost did this. This is the money, man. That's right. Eddie Money wishing everybody a very happy Hanukkah. It's a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, and everybody have a safe and wonderful new year. Yeah, safe and wonderful new year. Okay. That's it for the year for our free wow, show. Wow, this went by so fast. I know. I know. I know. I've got one foot out the door, by the way. I- I've already <laughs> taken off my pants. The eggnog. Said the is Santa a- hat and the boxer briefs is a good combo. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you know what else we're going to talk about on the Shadow Docket is the new trailer for Alex Garland's uh, movie Civil War. That dropped yesterday. I've got some thoughts about that which I've also written down in the form of a uh, piece for the Banter newsletter, thebanter.substack.com. 
Oh, by the way, I had a great lunch with the banter guys, uh, Ben Cohen and Justin Rosario. We went to a Mexican restaurant in Northwest D.C., right near the uh, National Cathedral, and I had a wonderful time. I think we shut down nice. the place. Yeah. Had a man. We wore our silly Santa hats, as we always do. As you should. Yeah, yeah. But I also got. Are thank there those pictures? Uh, I do have one picture of us wearing our silly, silly hats, but I'm not posting it. Oh man. <laughs> I have another picture I posted. It was me wearing my Oh shit. You know what? I completely forgot to mention the Star Wars sweater. My Star Wars sweater given to me by the great David Ferguson a couple of Christmases ago. I wore You're that very on, welcome. I wore that on the Stephanie Miller show yesterday. Yes, you did. Nice. Nice. And yeah. and that picture of the still of it was sent to Mr. Hamill. Yes, and Mark very Hamill nice, replied yes. to it. He was very impressed <clears throat> with my Star Wars sweater, thanks to David Ferguson. Oh my god, I've actually made contact with a chain of events involving the actual Luke Skywalker. I'm yeah. Just, you can get a wow. glimpse of it on my Instagram. The Bob Seska is my handle there. It's also at Stephanie Miller Show, that, that handle on Instagram as well. I, well. I think it's got posted on all of the Stephanie Miller uh, social media accounts. So you can see it there too. Stephanie took a picture. So it's actually a photograph of me on Stephanie's laptop wearing my Star Wars ugly Christmas and you sweater. Were, it was adorable. Which is so it's comfortable. Not ugly. And it's not well, it's it's supposed to be an ugly sweater, but I actually really like it. It's it's <laughs> it's comfortable, it's warm. I was a little sweaty. It's not ugly, it's just big bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So thank you for that, David. Once again. You're very welcome. I love that thing. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Okay. That's it. Shadow Docket coming up next. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. The festivities continue at least for another 20 minutes. And then we all get drunk. Happy there holidays, we folks. We Have love a great you. holiday Thank you for break. listening. Bye, you guys. See you next year, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> 